passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are live on postwrestling.com, youtube.com slash postwrestling, patreon.com slash postwrestling. How are you, John Bollock? I am doing tr- 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 tremendous. <laughs> uh, give, give me one second, please. Introduce yourselves to the audience. Hello, audience. My name is John Pollock. I am an aspiring uh, media personality here on the post-wrestling outlet, along with Waiting. And this is our cafe hangout, where each Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, we go live for our double-double ice cap and espresso members of postwrestlingcafe.com. And some of you may be listening to this on Friday if this is the audio version, but it's Thursday live that you get the video version. This was uh, so yeah. Typically we go up here uh, live at about three o'clock Eastern, um, but I wish today we actually went an hour earlier because if you could have seen the scene here at the post office just an hour ago, it was violent. There was bloodshed everywhere. Way vials, urine, even way pissed himself. <laughs> yeah, we just got done doing uh, blood samples. The first ever post wrestling uh, drug test. Could, could we define these as drug tests? Not really. There's more health. Are they searching for that? They're body checks. We're in the really. midst of getting insurance for our company, and therefore we have to go through unbelievable amounts of hoops. It's b- beyond it annoying. It shouldn't have been, but. I would say this one in particular was incredibly obnoxious because we were uh, double they, these. They double booked us. They they wanted to make it convenient by sending a nurse to our house to be able to do this. And my initial response to them was, well, Thursday afternoon would be best because that means we're in the same place. It saves you a trip to Way's house along with mine. Just come on a Thursday afternoon. Then we were told by a new person that was brought into the mix that it can't be done in the afternoon. It just can't because you have to fast. And if you're going to sleep and then wake up and then fast all day, that's not good. Like, yeah, that, that makes sense. So we made it for Saturday morning and they would just go to our separate places. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm expecting. Saturday morning, there is going to be a knock on my door at 9 a.m. like USADA and I would have to submit a blood and urine test. Thursday, Wednesday night, I get a phone call around 730 and it's this woman who I've 
I've never spoken with this person. I don't know who all these names are of this crazy chain that is just growing by the day. Informing me, uh, can you confirm uh, tomorrow, 2.30? I said, what? No, we, that was a long time ago. We have since canceled the Thursday and we have moved it to Saturday, separate uh, tests. No, I can't do Saturday afternoon. It's like, who are you? He's like, I can't do Saturday afternoon. I can, or sorry, I can't do Saturday morning. I could do Saturday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. I said, well, I was told the afternoon is not possible because of fasting. So I'm very confused right now. And, and she's speaking in broken English. So it's making it even more difficult for me to understand all the details here that are coming at me. It was very tough to and, understand. And so it was left with, no, well... I can come Saturday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. Those are the options. And I'm just thinking, well... Meanwhile, he has to relay this information to me. And Wei is like out for dinner, and I felt awful that I'm bothering you with this. But this is Thursday night, or Wednesday night, so you need to know if you can't eat in the morning. Exactly. The problem was this was at the end of the day, so even if we wanted to call somebody to to like i want i to tried call. i tried to call this other person that yeah. had scheduled it and didn't get back to me till thursday morning with a text so basically like we're we're left right now thinking does anyone Man. care about this beyond us i'm venting no, i and think you care. and i are getting our, no, our no, anger okay. out it's okay it's okay so everyone but else the, has the, to suffer the, through I, this. I think i think it affects the, this show so i think this audience <laughs> wants to know but basically like last night we're like john what do we do so i guess like we were both went into the evening expecting to fast and expecting to do our blood work the next day. So no food. In John's case, no water, which I, I, I was In fairness, I, I need to drink more water in general. I don't yeah. drink a lot of water. Yeah. Uh, but I did not... Like, literally... you have, Nothing has entered your system since... For, for how many hours? Well... 24 hours? I ate something around midnight last night, so we're talking about okay. 14 hours. 14 hours, okay. Well, that's a little over. Uh, just the required amount. But anyway, it, it, we get there. We She gets here, we get her blood work done, and she says... What have you eaten? And she goes to me. She was asking me about the water. I said, I haven't had any water since yesterday. And she said, well, what have you eaten? And I was like, I've ate nothing. She's like, you've ate nothing? I said, yeah, because I had to fast. Like, what What kind of answer is that, that you're questioning? She's like, oh, well, the... She means it's like the fasting was... It's, it's optional. It's not mandatory. I was like, we were told these had to be in the afternoon. You're here in the afternoon. I'm so confused at this. I was in a very bad mood on Wednesday night because no one could get back to us. I don't know what's going on the next day. I'm thinking you I'm going to... You haven't eaten 14 hours. I haven't eaten... Uh, this morning, I didn't care. I had I was having a cup of coffee because that was the I was not going the whole day uh, with, without a coffee because then I just would have been very irritable. So as opposed to this, and then when I'm told that the fasting was merely optional and she's stunned that I didn't eat anything this morning, I was I needed to walk away. It's just like this is very infuriating. Well, John was about to <laughs> blow up pretty big. How did you feel? Floor. You fasted as well. I I I was not happy. I was not happy about it. Uh, and you had to come over here earlier today to be here for this because well, they scheduled it at my listen, place. Listen, the good thing is that uh, we don't have to do this on Saturday now, so I could sleep in on Saturday. Wait. I made sure of that because I was thinking that I was still I was going to do this Thursday and someone was still going to show up Saturday morning not having... Because the communication is non-existent uh, of all the... Because yeah. it's, it's like from one insurance company, then they outsource it to 
this uh, company that does the testing, and it's just like all these fractured Whoa. areas that like the communication just was non-existent. So we're double booked and we're getting all this contradictory information and the not casualties yeah. are, are, are damn health. It's not, it's not exactly like the most, I think, um, trust that you're inspiring for, for people that are handling your blood. <laughs> this is like you important know? stuff, but Oh my God. Listen, we're through with it. I think everything, if was... our tests come back with picograms in it. Yeah. Um, but Nonetheless, uh, we made we made it through. We had a bit of pizza prior to this, so uh, just wanted to kind of convey our, our current state to everybody who's watching or listening to this right now. Hello, chat room. Everybody joining us right now. I am posting the thread to the Google Hangouts. If any of you guys want to call in, it's been a while. It's been like three, four weeks since we've talked to all of you. So look forward to having some of you guys maybe uh, mustering up the courage over the past, um, you know, holidays. Maybe you're in great shape now. Maybe you're in terrible shape, but who cares? Get on your video stream and talk to us. If you would prefer to have audio, that's perfectly fine too. I can cut video if I have the option to. Just like send send a message in the chat room. That's if you're all. gonna call in, have headphones on. That's very important. Yeah, correct. Actually, I, I better. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let's uh, John. What what are some things you want to talk about? It's a big big week in wrestling. Well, I. W- Certainly, the big topic this week is everything involving All Elite Wrestling. We're seeing a few more details come out uh, about kind of just just a lot of questions that people have. And to be quite honest, a lot of questions even I'm getting that I'm sure the company has not decided upon yet. Um, Just all these different factors. When you're launching a promotion, you can come up with all these different areas. And I think it speaks to what they have ahead of themselves. But their first show will be May 25th, Double or Nothing. Everyone is looking at what is the TV outlet going to be, and from the the messaging of Cody during the media scrum, where he was very much hinting that you know it's there's something there that it sounds like may not be signed, but there are suitors at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jericho kind of insinuating that he was on a busted open radio today, pretty much stating that you know I would not be joining this if they didn't have uh, so- something uh, if they were planning for something big. So. Yeah. I can't tell you if something is signed or not. It seems like it's not official yet, but I am expecting them to have some kind of an announcement. And Cody even went so far as to say when asked about it that, you know, at the rally, they knew Chris Jericho appearing would be a big bit of news and that they want to roll this out strategically. And I would imagine that the TV deal is going to be kind of the next big uh, hurdle to cross. It's probably something they'll announce at the show or do you think earlier? Oh, I think earlier. Mm. I would think earlier than that. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, sorry. Uh, we're actually joined by our first guest here. Can we uh, go to him right now? Colin, you are on with us. Hello. Yeah, what's up? Good, man. Good to tell you guys. Doing well, Colin. What did you want to chat about today? Yeah, it's been a busy week for news, hasn't it? It has been. That is an understatement. Um, so I've got kind of two questions for you. Um, I've got kind of a wrestling question, and then I'd like to end with a MCU question, if that's okay. Okay. Yes, please. Cool. Um, so with AEW, do you think there's going to be like a streaming service attached to this kind of TV deal? Or do you think they will have more of a just a, a TV presence? Um, and do you think they'd have their own streaming service? Or could you see them maybe going off with a company like New Japan, Ring of Honor, or even WWE? Because I know they're looking to kind of outsource their streaming stuff. So um, what, what do you guys think of that? I would be very surprised to see them uh, 
you know, were, use their digital rights to strike a deal with an existing uh, wrestling organization. Uh, Tony Khan has stated that they're, they have no interest in buying any companies or tape libraries, but they are very open to working with other people. But to me, in 2019, for a pro wrestling company, I think you need a strong domestic television presence. And I think you also need a, a, a strong digital strategy. And I would, I would believe that they are going to have both. I think that if... Uh, if they're on a major cable network, that there's also going to be a streaming component to that as well, because uh, the digital rights are going to be very valuable as well. So, yeah, that's my long answer to I would expect so. Yes. Okay. But, but um, launching their own streaming service, that I would be uh, hesitant to think they would go that way, especially when there's, you know, probably offers out there and you can throw out many different streaming platforms that are trying to gain their own audience that may be aware of them and willing to spend money just for the digital rights. Maybe there's an outlet that just wants the rights to being the elite as opposed to the actual wrestling program that might be a cable property that they want to have the digital rights as well. Okay. And um, I've been loving your MCU reviews. Like I watched the first few but I've not. I've missed out on a few. So you've kind of encouraged me to go back and check out like the Incredible Hulk, which I'd never watched, and a few others. So thank you for that. Do you see yourself either reviewing or, if not, what what do you guys think of the TV portion of the MCU? Um, I've looked up the chronological order, and I think the first series is the Agents of Shield show. Have you seen it before, we? I have. Yeah, I was uh, probably a bigger fan of it, um, maybe during that first season, but. Uh, to answer your question, I think we're having trouble enough as it is to keep up with like all the all the movies. And if we're talking about those TV shows, that's just a whole huge bag that I don't. There's think so many, way too many, way too many, and that's why I stopped watching because there's just so many to keep up with. I mean, the Netflix shows are fantastic, but because there's so many episodes, the level of importance just keeps dropping and dropping for me. So, if anything, yeah. we would talk about maybe a particular season of a netflix show because john and i love those you know john's seen seen a number of those but i would say even right now very likely unlikely yeah unlikely unlikely sorry okay. likely okay. unlikely unlikely anything else calling on your mind no that's all i'll leave you guys to okay. talk the news and stuff thank you so much for having me on thank you for being our first caller of 2019 colin well happy new year guys thank you same happy to you new year thank you hey jamie Good afternoon, how are you? I was going to say good evening, but we're in a different time zone over here. Uh, yeah, what, what time is it over there, and where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Cambridge, England, and we're at quarter past eight of the evening. I, so I think we're learning our audience is going to be uh, European-based for this show. This. <laughs> this is like prime time in, in, in the UK and Europe. Hell yeah. We're all home from work, so it makes sense to log on if we can. Oh, wonderful. What's on your mind, Jamie? Um, quick thing, actually, going back to the MCU thing, um, Agent Carter, did you guys catch Agent Carter when it was on as well? Unfortunately not. I did catch the one shot, but I have not caught the series. Can you uh, tell me what your thoughts are on Agent Carter? Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was quite nice because I didn't see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the first series, so mm. it was quite good to actually see sort of a spin-off. But I think it's well worth watching. It's quite a short couple of series, so definitely worth checking out if you want to. What what kind of got me was like at some point like I I know in an interview where uh, Joss Whedon and like you know Kevin Feige eventually they just like when it started it all they they claimed the tagline was it's all connected but then at some point very quietly it was no longer all connected and they had kind of lost me there um, but do you do you keep up with any of the other TV shows currently? 
No, I don't have Netflix, so a lot of that sort of starts so sort of misses me. Um, I tend to really follow the films more than anything, to be honest, and that sort of does me for what I want to get my sort of Marvel kick anyway. Yeah. Any uh, any wrestling related questions there? <laughs> yes. Um, basically, NXT UK takeover this weekend, obviously, yes. as everyone's sort of putting up. Um, do you think that they're going to be doing these quite regularly at the end of all the TV tapings as a big blow off, or do you think they'll just tap it on the end of the usual takeovers at some point? Sorry, that that they're uh, the frequency of takeover specials, the UK takeover specials. Yeah. yeah, do you think they'll do one at the end of every t- set of TV tapings that they've done over like a, every quarter or something? I would think that yeah, four a year would seem to to have something for the television to build towards. I I think that there's it, it, you have to go over there anyway to do the television tapings pr- pretty much every six weeks. So I think that to do a big show every quarter, uh, if if nothing else. I think that it's a you have a show like that and in the week or two leading up to it, it engages people to check out the television product because I don't know how many people are watching it on a weekly basis. I certainly have fallen out of it once they doubled up on the episodes, but was trying to catch up on it a bit this week. So I watched uh, one of the two episodes that dropped on Wednesday and I'm going to hopefully watch the other one before Saturday. But I I would think that it'll be a similar rotation as to the United States ones. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever come to that point where they'll end up just adding stuff to the American takeovers to sort of get that UK side to give it a bigger sort of broadcast over in the US as well or not? Or do you think they'll just keep it on the UK takeovers? I think that you, you should have some, some mixing of the rosters, um, you know, to just to be able to be familiar with, with some of the, the names that it, it NXT UK is a spinoff and like a spinoff yeah. show, you want to have characters that you can take from one product and and move on over to the other so hopefully you have people following uh, both so i think it would be beneficial that they have uh you know not regular appearances by the uk talent but every now and then you can have pete dunn come over and you know you catch people up to speed on what's going on there i'm just about finished this week's nxt and i was kind of disappointed that they didn't have some some portion of the show dedicated to catching you up on here are all the programs going on and here's the main event involving uh, Pete Dunne and here are here is the tag title situation and er- everything yeah. like that. There was none of that on NXT this week. No, and I say I've noticed they've been doing little bits and pieces, but it hasn't been plugged. I don't think as big as it should have been really. But um, and just one quick thing: obviously, they've just announced that tournament for Royal Rumble access. Yes. I don't know if you're going to touch on that later on or not. Yes. Um, do you think there's a chance of Kushida appearing as a, a sort of a person to be announced for 205 Live, or do you think that will be someone else? Oh, for for the actual tournament, Kushida won't contractually be able to do this tournament. It's going to be happening Royal Rumble weekend at Access. Um, But in terms of Kushida's actual entryway into WWE, I would imagine he's going to go straight to NXT. Okay. And that'll be where he starts off. And I think that's the best place for him. I think he will thrive in that environment. And then after that, if he's there for eight months to 12 months, uh, I, I hope for his sake, I, I hope he does land on the main roster. I think 205 Live, I think it, I just think it's a limiting place to put a performer. Yeah, and it's all, it keeps stuck there, yeah, exactly. J- Jamie, before we let you go, I'm kind of curious to hear from you, like locally, you know, maybe amongst your circle of friends who watch wrestling, how, how, uh, how much of a priority is everybody treating uh, NXT UK? Well, it made, me and three buddies were actually going up on Saturday, so we made it our priority to get in the queue as soon as tickets went on sale. 
Um, we sort of followed the British scene for quite a few years, so we've sort of been watching it come up and grow. So, yeah, we were quite keen to go straight up as soon as we could, really. But um, generally, I think the reception over here is obviously there was that big contract thing earlier in the year about signing up and stuff. But I think everyone is still fairly into wanting to follow it and keep sort of progressing onwards, really. Would you would you say like people are treating it with as much importance or maybe even more than your typical NXT, the American NXT? Um, I don't know, really. I think it's still got that level of importance. And I think like normal NXT, I think everyone because a lot of people have seen people grow up through the ranks, obviously on the smaller scene here. So I think a lot of people are behind it to see these guys go on to other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing, it's that pride knowing that you've seen them from, from nothing going up to the bigger stage. So I think that's mainly just a general pride. What's the match you're most looking forward to on Saturday? Uh, main event, definitely. Yeah. The Pete Dunn match. Yeah. I'm interested to see what obviously goes on from there because I think there was discussion of maybe Walter maybe debuting or something like that as well. I could see so, him being one of the guys in the crowd. You you want to have sort of that that news element coming out of the show too, beyond just being a hot wrestling show, having some buzz coming out. And I think Walter having that, hey, look who's in the front row spot. Um, he would be as logical as anyone to do that with and tease him maybe for a follow up takeover show, for instance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks a lot thanks for the so call, much, Jamie. <laughs> Take care. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Uh, let's just uh, go over here. This is the card for Saturday's uh, takeover card, which we will have a post show up Saturday evening with Martin Bushby and Benno, who will be reviewing that main event is Pete Dunne, Joe Coffey for the United Kingdom Championship mustache mountain of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate against Zach Gibson and James Drake to crown the first UK tag team champions. Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the women's title. I think that should be very good. I'm yeah. very high on both of those women. And Rhea Ripley, I think, was excellent throughout the Mae Young Classic mm-hmm. and had a much improved 2018. Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis. And Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. That's a great singles match. So I think this will be a really hot show. And I can't say that NXT UK has felt like a hot TV show. Um, At least not here. Not here, yes. I'd be curious to hear from more... Um, you know, followers of the UK scene of how much uh, buzz there is. But I do feel this is this is the kind of event you want to have for a bit of a, a shot in the arm that people maybe have fallen off of the show, that it's a good jump back on point. Absolutely. I think like takeovers are great in that they're essentially like kind of, they operate as sort of your greatest hits of the, the talent that you have there right now for people who don't have the time or want to spend the effort to like keep up with the weekly show two episodes a week are they still doing that yes and they've they've got to stop that because when they started it i was watching that show every week i was enjoying the show and the first week they did two episodes i just couldn't do it and that was the beginning of the end for me trying to follow it each week you don't want to make your wrestling feel like it's a chore for people to watch um especially if like every match you know i'm sure they're decent matches but they're hardly matches that i think people will end up talking about after the fact takeovers are very different at least in the north american uh uh, you know incarnation they are great kind of you know quote unquote like highlight reels of you know every all your best talent on those shows so i look forward to watching it as somebody who doesn't follow nxt uk regularly to see like you know uh what 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 people like uh uh you know joe coffee and eddie dennis and dave mastiff have to offer that i wouldn't normally be check out uh you may have heard the the tournament uh that jamie had mentioned there uh so royal rumble weekend they are doing an access uh or throughout the weekend and they've announced a when worlds collide tournament so it's going to start on the first day of access. They'll do a battle royal with the 16 men announced. And the order of elimination will determine the seeds. 
and it's going to consist of talent from NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. So cool. you're going to get to see some interesting matchups, and all of this will be taped for a future network special. And the talent they've announced uh, from NXT are Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, which was Donovan Dijak, Keith Lee, and Otis Dozovich. From NXT UK, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Zach Gibson, and from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP, and a superstar to be named. That sounds awesome. It's You're going to get some awesome matches. That, I would almost argue like the venue is not where I would want to put such a great tournament like yeah, this. Like this in a, you know, a 3,000 seat arena. Uh-huh. That'd be a really awesome tournament to go to. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, NXT, I think, is sort of in that weird space where we don't exactly know like what their intentions are with trying to make money. Clearly, it's not trying to make money off of this talent. It's to I feel like sometimes it's just to give them things to do because they're not necessarily always on TV or, or you know, they don't always have matches booked. So uh, good for you if you have tickets to that access. That's probably where I'll hang out most of that time if I have tickets there. There's um, George Barrios, who's one of the co-presidents of the WWE. He just did this uh, talk, this investors uh, talk. Uh, not not for investors. He was at this conference in Las Vegas. And uh, that is how I spent my Wednesday night way at around 11 p.m. was listening to George Barrios uh, talk about WWE business. And one of the big <laughs> things was that it was interesting. He's talking about user data. And that's a pretty polarizing subject these days because of all of the security breaches and finding out like a lot of these companies like Facebook, what are they doing with this information? What is Amazon collecting? What is Apple collecting? And it's it's a lot of uh, concern about, you know, you are getting these products, but what are you giving up in exchange? And how are these companies tailoring this? And from the WWE's viewpoint, they're explaining that we can track when you make purchases, what you're watching, like down to the T so we can customize it. This is great. Mm -hmm. His exact wording was that the more data and then the more smiles we can put on people's faces. <laughs> I was like, yeah, George, that is exactly what is uh, happening here. I have a huge here. smell on my face right now just laughing at that statement. Wow. But one of the things he noted, though, was that from their their data and their surveys is that their most passionate fans, they want more in-ring content. That's yeah. what they want to consume the most. Certainly. And I feel they have the idea that we cannot produce enough. It's got to be, you know, within a certain, we're not going to just spend wildly, but they want to create as much in-ring content as possible. And they have, and number of hours consumed is a huge metric that they weigh their popularity of the WWE network upon. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you've seen that in the evolution of the network. Between you know, when when it started out, it was very much a lot of a lot more top tens, a lot more kind of uh, you know things like uh, what is it uh, swerved, swerved, swerved. Yeah, I was gonna say screwed, but yeah, swerved. I think you're seeing less and less of, and a lot more investment. Screwed could be a great spinoff show. Sure. Like you're promising guys push pushes, <laughs> or like it, it's like all in the writers' room where it's like. You know what? <laughs> let's let's have this guy go out and he pisses himself. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Or and it, it's all these guys that have their hopes built up and then they're dashed. That would be great. Or you just simply have like you know finishes like flipped at the last second. Guys AJ, we're taking the title off you tonight. We're putting it on Brian. <laughs> that would be great. He's I'd a hotter heel show. right now. Uh, I would pay the network uh, fee for that. Screwed. Screwed. A WWE Network original. <laughs> There's a free one. He also mentioned in this talk that the top three 
sports subscription services. Do you want to guess what the top top three sports streaming services are? Uh, okay, I'll take a guess. Sports streaming. Yes, yeah, sports. Uh, Major League Baseball. That's number one. Um, hmm. Sports streaming. I'm trying to think what else there is. Are we counting like one-offs or are we the actual talk, talk, actually talking about... Streaming yeah. services you can sign up for. Right, so like a pay-per-view wouldn't count. No. I don't know, because I, I don't think Major League Base, or sorry, does the NBA and, and, and NHL have these such things? They don't, right? I don't, I think they have stuff. Uh, like, I, there's I no NHL network for like, no. streaming, is there? No. no nor is there. You, you definitely know the next two. Okay, it's the UFC and the WWE then. Which do you think is higher? WWE. Yeah, they said yeah. WWE, and they said UFC was a distant third. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I find very believable. Oh, if, 100%. It, like, the last figure that was kind of out there was around 450,000 subscribers, and that was a year or two ago. When you also think about the effort and, and the sacrifice that, I, I guess, you know, each of those companies have made, I mean, UFC is still very much a pay-per-view-based business. It's entirely a pay-per-view-based business, whereas... They didn't put everything into WWE has gone all in, quote-unquote. It also tells me there's a massive hole in the sports streaming industry that a lot of other leagues yeah. are missing out on. There is no reason an NHL or NBA shouldn't be uh, competing with Major League Baseball. Well, I'm kind of curious like what Major League Baseball has kind of set up with their TV networks because I have to think that that was part of the holdup with some of the other networks, right? I'm sure everybody at this point wants to get the jump on, you know, uh, OTT. But, you know, um, like how does Major League Baseball manage to, you know, offer a game that you, I could also pay to, to watch on TV? Or I should be paying, uh, they should be paying, or network should be paying them to watch on TV. It's, well, it's also the fact that uh, MLB Advanced Media, who are the engine, like they created this engine yep. that, that is what powers the WWE network. I mean, they created this just, this monster that has been able to take Major League Baseball's revenue, like it's been a game changer for them. They have been at the forefront when it comes to uh, streaming content mm -hmm. and it's, and the, the players benefit from it. It's. It's an incredible system that they have been able to build. Yeah. In hindsight, I mean, I can't say like the WWE has really done anything wrong over the past like five years with this whole network era because they're making more money now than ever on TV. But I can see some errors. What I mean is like, you know, um, seeing how the game right now seems to be for everybody to jump into TV rights. Could the WWE have kind of delayed their network plans in order to perhaps make more TV content to try to sell more TV content. Okay, well, when they announced the network, this was the beginning of 2014. That was the same year their domestic rights were up. And they definitely, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think, hurt their negotiating power. I think that a lot of people were very surprised that this network deal uh, came out. I think it's Will Cooling that's talked about um, in the UK that they had been, like, that was a big problem because... It, their their deal in the UK called for the broadcaster to still be able to have the rights to the pay-per-view and delayed the network from being able to to launch in the UK. So you had a lot of people blindsided and then you were expecting this gigantic rights increase in 2014 and they got a moderate increase but not what they were promising. What not what they were talking about openly about getting, you know, two times their domestic rights. So I think the launch of the network at that time severely hurt their their television negotiations in the UK and in the US. Now you fast forward four years later, they got that increase that they wanted. Yeah. But there was definitely, I think the launch of the network can certainly be be challenged and looked at. And 
what you figure they have left on the table. What what are you gaining by having WrestleMania on the network versus how that would perform if that was your lone pay-per-view of the year? I think WrestleMania would be doing significant business to this day on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Any other topics that, that are on your mind? Are you finished with uh, some of the All Elite thoughts that you have right now? Yeah, I was just going to quickly uh, run through. Uh, Tony Khan was on Xbox podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a few notes here. Uh, he brought up the fact that they want their, their company to very much have a strong focus on wins, losses, credible uh, believability when it comes to records and streaks. And if you're not familiar with Tony Khan, I mean, he is heavy into the analytics industry with both uh, the Fulham soccer team, the football team uh, over in Europe, as well as the Jacksonville Jaguars. So numbers are something he is very much connected to in his day-to-day business. So on a big, big scale. Yes. On a huge scale. So looking at, you know, how you draw money, looking at the UFC that wins and losses mean so much. And the fact he brought up Bill Goldberg's streak when it was legitimate, like that can be something that really pushes your storytelling forward. Um, he also mentioned getting his start when, you know, he was tape trading at a very young age. Um, he's also, um, mentioned here that they had no interest in buying any other promotions or tape libraries, and they're open to many different working relationships. And he stated those with full-time office jobs will have the same benefits as other sports executives. He didn't go so far as to say that the wrestlers, uh, would have health insurance, at least not out of the gate, because mm. I know some people kind of took it as everyone's going to have health insurance on day one. That does not sound like that will be the case. Mm-hmm. But Cody has stated anyone that gets hurt in their ring will be covered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they want to be able to pay people more in mm-hmm. this company. And he and when the topic of equal pay was brought up, I know this has been a very uh, discussed upon subject matter. He said equal pay for equal spots. Yeah. So kind of the way I outlined it the other night seems to be what they mean is that way if um, if you were a woman and I was a man and we were both, uh, in the second match, uh, if we were both in similar positions as mm-hmm. opening match performers, we'd be starting at the same base pay. And sure. if you are a mid Carter or a main eventer, like that's kind of how they're laying it out. But it is not going to be a case where the, from the top down, everyone's making the same money. And I don't think anyone thought that was the case. I mean, no, it's not realistic. No, uh, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. And again, I'm kind of curious to see how transparent they're going to be with what's with some of these figures. Um, I think it's, you and know, it's a private company, so they don't need to be. I know. But like, I think it, it, it says something that, you know, this is an NFL and uh, Premier League, you know, owner starting up a wrestling company because surely um, a lot of the same rights, perhaps, that are granted to those other professional sports athletes may be transferred to now professional wrestlers. You have a direct link with owners, and um, I I feel like it's a far more legitimate, um, you know, source of inc- uh, uh, ownership than maybe we've seen in a long, long time in professional wrestling. Um, yeah, we want to get to Mitch. Yeah, let's do it. Mitch, I'm going to present you. You're going to have to unmute yourself. Uh, that's just simply how this stuff works. Mitch, if you can uh, hit the mute button off of your phone, we will get to you. Otherwise, I will wait for your call. John, uh, show and broadcast. Oh, man. The hilarity of internet broadcasting. We should also mention that... There you go. Can you hear me? There we go. We got you. You figured it out. 
There we go. Can you hear? Can you hear me? We got you now. How are you doing, Mitch? Live from New York. Oh my talk God! With you guys again. You're, you're in the subway. I'm gonna show the world where you are. Um, in Grand oh, Central Station. Oh, amazing! Look at this, John. You yeah. can't you can't see right now, but he is in front in of my Grand mind, Central I Station. Wow! Wow! It's quite cold out, guys. But wait, thank you for uh, linking me in here. I had a little trouble getting on. Uh, I think my uh, phone internet's not exactly uh, working. Well, thank you for the persistence, man. This is really cool to get to see uh, uh, somebody in the streets of New York. What's happening? What's the what's yeah. the temperature like there? Uh, I'm sorry. What the weather's like? The weather's—it's very cold. Yeah, it's probably just as bad here. Our meteorologist, Mitch. <laughs> Yeah. What's on but, your mind, uh, man? No, I, I wanted to chat uh, AEW. Um, you know, I went back and listened to our uh, review away about BTE uh, August of last summer, and we did a likely unlikely, and uh, it's oh, quite amazing to see how yes. many things changed. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, so so uh, so yeah. Uh, let, me, let me let me just let me yeah. just tell everybody. So yeah, uh, Mitch is an executive producer, and on his edition of Rewind Away, we talked about being the elite. He gave us a whole list of scenarios for 2019 that I guess he has the answers to right now. So I look forward to it, Mitch. Mitch, let's uh, let's hear it. Yeah, so I'll run through these real quick, and then I have some other thoughts. Uh, bear with me while I look at my other uh, my notes here. So both of you said unlikely that the elite will join the WWE within one year. And again, we did do this for one year out. It's amazing. Six months later, and we're talking about this because it's pretty uh, topical. Yeah. Uh, John said likely that WWE would try to would try to replicate a show like BTE. His prediction was with the B team. Uh, right. Way said unlikely. Way was correct. Well, what's 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 sort of the you know jurisdiction on that? Because I mean, is Edge and Christian not a show that's similar? Or yeah, I mean, but that had started way before we true. did this. That's true. I would say that the Hardy universe, especially did for Halloween. I was disappointed not to see one for Christmas. Uh, that was a pretty good take on something. That also kind of existed before, though, didn't it? Uh, better than the version that I think they had shown uh, on Raw, at least. True. Uh, streaming service picks up BTE and or the rights to All In. Again, this was before All In. And then I had also asked about future All In shows in the series. John said unlikely for All In, but maybe for the next one. I think we're going to get the answer on that. And then both of you said yes to BTE. Um, this led to a convo we had about whether or not they take the WWE deals or they consider what could they potentially make in terms of revenue outside of WWE should a streaming service or somebody come to them uh, with some kind of outside offer. And again, we got the answers to that. Uh, clearly better than WWE was willing to give them or uh, the potential is better. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, was that question in particular reference to being the lead itself or are we talking about the group? It was both. It was related to, um, so the question was whether or not a streaming service that didn't currently have wrestling would pick up the series yeah. right. or whether it would pick up the actual event of All In. Uh, we didn't know at the time that it would be, I think Zero Hour was on TV. That was not announced at the time. And then we, I guess, uh, we'll see what happens with future uh, All Ins and Double or Nothing, uh, which, which I, I have some thoughts on that. The last one was that All In 2 would feature the current cast of being the elite and both of you said yes uh and also being elite would still be around within a year uh so pretty interesting to, to see where things have gone in just six months like i said um all right so are we did we do yeah. well or, or what what's what's the final verdict here i i think the final verdict is did pretty well and i think that things probably happened much quicker than anyone would have anticipated 
I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on uh, the whole week that was, Mitch. You've been following this group for a long, long time now. What were your uh, thoughts coming out of this press conference? Uh, I think the press conference went as good as could be expected. I think John really made some great points the other night about, uh, you know, the streaming held up. The, there was no real tech issues. The crowd being mic'd, uh, that may not have been ideal. It could have been better. Um, I didn't know if anyone saw footage that people shot on their phones, but it did sound pretty loud. Mm. Um, so I was glad to see that that kind of came across on social media. Um, regarding kind of what comes next, and I, I thought the Tony Khan interview was phenomenal. John, I would love to hear you two talk about uh, old wrestling matches. Uh, the way he was quoting finishes and dates. Uh, there's only one other person I've ever heard do that, and that was you. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. Um, he sounds like just a great fan, and I trust that he will empower the wrestlers, the Bucks and Cody, who he's gotten into business with, and kind of lean on them for their expertise and, and kind of really, uh, you know, he's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a dummy. He's a smart guy. The guy runs two professional sports franchises. He's into data and analytics. Uh, I'm curious to see how they use that to kind of market. I already saw Conrad Thompson's looking at uh, kind of the data on what they can bring to a city with the star cast and with the, the fly-in rates, hotel deals. And that's interesting to me if they're going to start using that to plan their shows, uh, see how many shows they do run in a year uh, and whether or not that's going to be a weekly, uh, what weekly TV looks like. I'm curious to see how that shapes out. Um, I think in terms of whether or not they'll have a TV deal announced, uh, it's interesting that I looked at when television sweeps were last year for the major networks, and it looks like that was in May of 2018. And, and for those who don't know what sweeps are, that's when the networks get up front, front of the media and uh, the people who follow them and reveal what their new shows will be for the fall lineups. Uh, I think that putting the Bucks and Cody out in front of a group of media could really be beneficial to a network. I would expect that to be the time when they announce. And that would be about two weeks or so, based on what I looked at last year, before uh, Double or Nothing, which would be really good momentum for them. Yeah, I think that there's um, lots on the table at the moment in terms of what their their next move is going to be. And yeah, gearing all of their attention on, on May 25th, which is going to be the first show. And I think that they've succeeded this week in terms of kind of c controlling the news cycle and leaving people with a lot of intrigue and questions. And that's a good thing to have those questions to see what is next. I thought that this was a really strong step forward with the talent announcements. And now you can have that ability to have some, some future announcements so you don't just go dark now for a month. Yeah. yeah. And to piggyback on what we talked about last summer uh, and kind of what I just went through with the, the likely unlikely about streaming services, I really think that's where this ends up in, uh, in the in the short term. And maybe it does get moved to to a primetime spot on a big network. But if you look at like a, a Bleacher report and there were reports that Turner was uh, one of the initial people in discussions with them. So if they do 100,000 views on average with being the elite, and that's 100,000 people that will subscribe to support this group off the bat. That is real good uh, content and a product to have. If you're Bleacher, if you're Bleacher, Bleacher Report live and you're trying to compete with something like ESPN Plus or CBS Access, I just think there's so many streaming services available, whether it's the weekly TV or whether it's being the elite as a uh, supplement to, to weekly television to build stories for the matches. I think that's a great way to kind of secure a niche market, which is what they're looking to do. Uh, I myself, I'm a big golf fan. So when they did the match on Bleacher Report, I mean, the whole golf community, golf Twitter, and that whole niche market joined in. 
I think that's so replicable with wrestling and even more a rabid fan base and a fan base like golf uh, fans that are used to spending money on things. Uh, and we see that time and time again with wrestling fans willing to pay, uh, you know, what's it, four ninety nine or nine ninety nine for the network now for WWE, but to join it and to secure up a nice uh, chunk of uh, subscribers to a, to a service like that. The caution there is that if you take, like, the YouTube number is a worldwide number. Before we continue, John, just, uh, Mitch, I'm going to have to let you go right now. Just the background noise is a little bit loud and as much as we love the streets of New York. Oh, sorry. Thank I, you. I can step inside. <laughs> no, uh, I think we're going to have yeah. to... Uh, we got to get wrapping here, anyway. uh, Mitch. But thank you so much, Mitch, for uh, for the call. I'll let Be John well, guys. answer. Be well. All right. Thanks a lot, Mitch. We appreciate the call. Uh, I was going to state there that if you look at the being the elite number, that is a worldwide number on YouTube. And whatever that number is... Um, and it's views. It's not necessarily num uniques. Yes, exactly. Um, and as well, you're looking at retention for... Let's throw it a BR Live, for instance. Bleacher Report streaming service. That's not available in all markets. You and I can't get BR Live. We can't get ESPN Plus mm -hmm. uh, presently. So... There, there's also that, that I feel having television is very important because this is still a group that is trying to build and grow their audience. And I see streaming as an option today that is very lucrative financially, but the trade-off is that you're going to have a more limited audience. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the UFC is about to endure on ESPN+. Plus. That's I, what Bellator has on DAZN. On a smaller scale, it's, it's what kind of we notice when we do our cafe shows versus our free shows you know we we often kind of think about what shows we put on the cafe versus what shows we put out for free on our free feed mm -hmm. uh and you know knowing that by putting it on the premium service we are of course sacrificing a, a reach but there are certain content that i think fits better with uh, a, a premium model limited audience and uh content that fits better as a free model for a wider audience so i think it's also interesting like because um what is it uh nick talked about in a, in the in the scrum after um uh the press conference how he still Nick currently Jackson. yeah he doesn't know really what kind of the frequency of continuing being the elite will be once he takes on this new role uh, as part of all elite wrestling cuz i have a feeling that you know he would still want to keep it uh, it, very much the same. Like I'm sure he would want to be very hands-on with the editing, the shooting of it all. Because um, if all that changes, I feel like he really changed the show itself. So he mentioned in the in the scrum at least this time that he could see himself maybe like you know um, maybe not necessarily doing a new episode every single week. But that said, you know I'm sure you will still get something. Uh, obviously, they have they'll have a TV show to produce. But will it be the same as being the elite? That remains to be seen. Well, yeah, and he brought up the fact they're not going to be on the road every weekend. Yes, so that's right. that kind of limits what what is out there. And it, there's going to come a time that as they get more and more involved in this, um, spending all those hours, that suddenly becomes you know you don't have those hours. Yeah, and these are guys with families as well. Like the, the next year of their lives and beyond is going to be extremely labor intensive. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's. It's a great passion project. Being the elite has been tremendous for them. Uh, but long term, I mean, that it just gets to a point where is this the best utilization of my limited hours every week is shooting and then the editing process of this versus uh, either ending it or uh, being able to pass it off to somebody else to mm -hmm. take over that role. Any other thoughts on the uh, interview? Um, with Tony Khan, uh, that was about it. It was, you know, the guy comes across as a, 
uh, as a huge wrestling fan, and that is what has been clearly a big passion of his uh, when you listen to this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's on uh, Xbox podcast that you can check out X-Pac, from Wednesday. Xbox 12360. Yes. So uh, that was it. Um, not no like earth shattering news or anything, but if you just want to get a sense of the guy speaking about pro wrestling, um, it's a good interview for that point as well. And maybe in the future we will get Tony Khan on the show. Cool. We're nearing about 50 minutes here on our show. So uh, I was going to get to our uh, ask away thread, which is growing bigger and bigger by the second. Do you think we have time to let's take a few questions? Okay. Before we wrap. Let's, let's do this. Uh, so this is Ask Away, uh, the questions thread that is in our uh, forum right now, forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, again, we just have a whole lot of um, feedback questions this week. So, And for those listening that maybe are not familiar, Ask Away is a show we do once a month at the beginning of the month. But because of uh, the holidays, we skipped this past month and we will be back the first weekend of February with our next Ask Away where we go through all the questions that have piled up over the last two months and we spend oh as long as necessary answering them all yeah we're gonna spend a while because when was our last show was it it would have been the beginning of december right but beginning of december right okay so uh okay i think i found my spot uh blah blah oh wait a second oh this is terrible also up on the site is the latest up next with Braden and Davey. They've got a review of this week's NXT featuring uh, what came across as Nikki Cross's send-off with uh, Bianca Belair, as well as Adam Cole versus EC3 and the new tag team of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, mm-hmm. who we got to see back in February at a NXT house show in Mississauga. And he was a great heel. Mm-hmm. I really like this tag team. They've got their finish is Fabian Eichner power bombs the guy into uh into the arms of Bartel who finishes it with a bridging german cool it looked really good you can't do this on every tag team but yeah. these guys that they had in there took it great it was a really fantastic finish i, I like this these two as a team seeing them together for the first time all right a uh, couple questions here RKO says, it's often said that the key to a better product, better ratings, and so on, is creating more stars. After reviewing the Survivor Series booking, this was, of course, sent back in November, it's clear that most of the stars are on Raw. Raw had to win three matches to protect people on that brand, namely Ronda Rousey, excuse me, Brock Lesnar, and Drew McIntyre. You could also count the women's match going into Raw's way, going the Raw's way due to a need to protect Nia for her match with Ronda. Meanwhile, SmackDown's bigger names such as Charlotte and newly crowned champion Daniel Bryan are seen to be able to absorb a loss. With that being said, my question is, if WWE books all of its stars to be on Raw, how is it that SmackDown, with fewer true stars, is consistently the better show? Could it be that the fascination with creating stars has been overblown compared to the importance of good writing and good matches? Or is there more to it? I think there's a lot more to it than kind of uh, just stating that it's it's stars on Raw and not stars on SmackDown. I think there's there's stars on both shows, but it's also handling of stars. WWE does not have that over the top crossover babyface or heel that is you know in the public's consciousness at the moment. Not an everyday performer. Uh, Ronda Rousey would be the exception there, perhaps. I wouldn't even put Brock Lesnar at that level as like the transformative star that is going to lift business up. Ronda Rousey is not um, gigantically altering business 
for, for the company at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that trying to build those stars, that is what is ultimately going to uh, showcase that difference. And I think that they have a number that are candidates, but you don't have that. Like, for instance, they don't even have a John Cena right now. Yeah. Well, they do have John Cena, but not regularly. No, and He's that's what I mean show. by not having John Cena is like they don't have someone filling those shoes yet as well. And the closest would probably be Roman Reigns for most people who is not around either. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go to one more question here from Matthew who says, according to Wikipedia at the time of reading, the Raw roster has 37 men and 14 women. SmackDown has 32 men and 11 women and 18 cruiser rates, some appearing on NXT UK and the Lucha House Party on Raw. What do you think is the answer to all of this talent? Having heat and velocity seem to have a decent purpose and a rejuvenation of these brand-specific B-shows on the network would be nice to see. Is there also the key point that, of course, actually using their Raw and SmackDown shows to their full potential, which I feel they aren't completely doing at the moment? So an over-bloated Raw and SmackDown roster. What do you do with all that talent with limited TV time? I don't think it's this negative if it's handled correctly. And I think NXT does uh, a better job with this in that you watch for an hour you're not going to see Johnny Gargano wrestle every week. You might not see Johnny Gargano every week, but you know that he's in the rotation. You know he's involved in a story. And maybe this week, we're not telling that story, but we keep them in in the back of your mind. You're, is, you're is, aware of what's going on. Is it different, though, when, you know, because um, those NXT TV shows are taped in a bulk setting. So you are, for the people live in audience in, in attendance, are going to see Johnny Gargano wrestle most likely sometime during the evening. Whereas if you're paying a ticket to go see Raw or SmackDown, isn't there more of an expectation to see your top stars wrestle every single time? Yeah, but we're not talking about the top stars here. We're talking about the lower end guys that you might not see on a So Raw. you would still put all your top stars wrestling on, on the main event, but your lower end guys you would shuffle? I'm talking about, and this is more specific to SmackDown, where we see more of that frequency. Uh, like this week, we, we didn't see Randy Orton this week at all. And I think typically what they'll do is suddenly they don't have an idea for someone. So they disappear. And I don't think that's the answer, but to be able to have, you know, certain ideas in place, like, okay, Randy Orton is not going to be wrestling a match this week, but we know in two weeks, this is what we are building towards and having ideas in place for all your key people and not having the same turnover every week of the same people. And that's very hard when you've got a three hour format that you can't just have, um, that you're not going to have a lot of matches that are replayed, that you're not going to have a lot of the talent that feels the same. But it, having such a large roster, it's it should be the answer to people that believe it's stale mm-hmm. or that there's too much of it. Because you have so many different bodies that you can play around with that even though it's a three-hour product, last week's Raw and this week's Raw could have very different flavors to it because of such a deep and rich roster. Like There's a lot of great talent that... Just sometimes like the Usos that are just shelved for months and you don't hear anything about them. That does nobody good. You're paying these guys. They want to be on TV and you just don't have ideas for them because they're not quote unquote in the mix at the moment. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts, John, before we close out? No. um, This weekend coming up again, there's I guess the big show is the UK takeover show. Other than that, it's a it's a relatively quiet weekend. There's no UFC this weekend. There's no WWE. Uh, but it's going to get much busier in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Up Next just dropped their uh, latest show, so check it out on their feed. Subscribe to Up Next. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on Friday, right now on the Post Wrestling Cafe, we'll have our Avengers review out right now with Brent Chittenden talking about the 2012 
uh, a climax to phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Avengers. And then, yeah, as John mentioned, on Saturday, we have our British wrestling experience friends, Martin and Benno, talking about NXT UK. You're going to get that first immediately afterwards on their feed. Uh, We might put it up on our feed maybe the day after. And then Sunday, we will have the MMA prediction show. Ariel Hawani will be joining me from ESPN. We'll go through the list of predictions from last year and then make a whole new list for 2019. So that will close out the week on Sunday. Wonderful. Thank you, everybody who uh, joined us live. Thanks for all the calls. Yeah, this was awesome. This is the most calls we've ever had for one of these things, Uh, you know, and and with a minimum minimum of uh, technical difficulty. So we're going to get better and better every single week. I hope you guys tune back in here next week, Thursday, 3 p.m. Take care.